And we're on. Are we on? Yep. Okay, cool. <laughs> Start it over. Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Lars Mara. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. Fishers of Men, the podcast brought to you by us at So Much Media. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. I'm Laura Samara, and I'm hosting solo today, sons, my amazing co-host, Ashley Burton, on a special episode with my bridesmaids, minus one, because Emily could not join us tonight. However, today we are all calling in the West Coast. Melody Mahalski is joining us from Glendale. And Gina Nguyen Monte Castro is joining us from Anaheim. My lovely maid of honor, Meredith Curry, is joining us from our hometown of San Jose while I roast in my Los Angeles studio. So now that I'm getting married, I just thought it would be fun or perhaps terrifying to go over some red flags. Uh, this podcast is about relationships and it just seemed appropriate. Often, as I have done, we date people who show red flags from the very beginning, but we are too stupidly infatuated to really let it affect us until too late. So I'm just going to get into this. We, over the last week or so, came up with kind of a list. Everybody kind of contributed, and it was really hard to condense it to a top five. We have 13. We may not get through all of them. But we're just going to go through everybody and just talk about what they thought was a quote-unquote red flag. And I think it's important for us to just go ahead and kind of define what that even means. It could be thought of in different ways. I'm thinking of red flags more of a sign of a, of a bigger problem. So it's not something that I'm annoyed about, but it, it's something that speaks to a deeper character issue or a deeper relational issue. What do you girls think? Do you guys have a, a, a definition of what you would consider a red flag of just the actual red flag? Not, we'll go through the list in a second, but what would you describe a red flag to be? I'll go first. That was actually one of the first questions that I wanted to address was to figure out what I actually thought a red flag was, but ultimately it came down to something that was alarming to you, but something that for whatever reason in your mind, you thought that you could change about the opposite person. You know, something mm -hmm. along the lines of he's going to want to have kids after we're married or I could teach him how to be nicer or to love mm. me better or she mm. won't be so demanding once I get that job or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. thing there was just, again, it was something you thought you could change about them. Yeah, it wasn't something, it was something that you felt you could live with. Yes, I would echo that. I, and I, I think I wouldn't have, the angle I was coming at wasn't so much changing them because I just assume I probably would not be able, like, is this a big enough deal where if I can't change them, then it's not going to work? Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's, it's, it's big enough where you have to wonder if it's a non-negotiable. So maybe you've never even faced this issue before, but now you have to wonder, like, it, is this really part of my core value? Do I have to wonder about this? Mel, do you, do you have anything to add to that? 
exactly. I think they're just little checks that come up and we're like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is something I want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the man that I'm going to marry or my significant other, it's something where you go, oh, wow, that could be a make or break. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you were saying, a lot of times us women think that we can change these men or mm-hmm. we kind of choose to brush it under the rug or think that it'll change over time. And I think that's why these are called red flags because they make you stop and think for a minute or maybe they don't. (laughs) Or, you know, there's something that comes up and it's a red flag in the sense like it does make you pause. But like I said earlier, maybe it's just something that you were just too infatuated to really pay attention to in the in, in a real way where you are having conversation about it. We have these uh, marriage coaches or counselors that we're meeting with, Derek and I, from our church. Dolores, who is obviously the wife, she kept saying whoever, this is before I was even dating Derek, but we had a conversation before about relationships and sort of this subject and she's like whoever they are now today that's who you're gonna marry moving forward like there there comes a point in your time where you are just fundamentally who you are and Mm -hmm. if you even guys you know like if you think you're gonna marry that girl and she's gonna change for the whatever you think is the better that's really the wrong way to go from it I, I definitely feel like there is room to grow and that's a conversation to talk to your partner about like what that means like what does growth look like and what are we measuring that as? But in the end, like who you are fundamentally as a person is that's who you're going to stay for the most part, especially, you know, we're all in our, you know, twenties to thirties. And by this time we're just kind of, this is it. This is who we are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I just really, I want to go through this list and if anything pops out, this is the number one thing, whether it's that you've experienced in your life, personally that people have pointed out to you or in retrospect you have kind of thought oh man if I really paid attention to that I would have saved myself from x y and z pain or whatever or you've seen it in other girlfriends lives I really just wanted to make this actually more conversational about relationships because I want people to hear that a lot of these things are no-brainers you know they're they're very common I would think and people still walk into relationships even so. I kind of broke them down into two groups. Um, I think between all of you, I had like 30 different ones. <laughs> wow. So get, getting, it, getting it down to 13 is, uh, was a little hard. Um, again, I, I, we probably aren't going to get through all of them, but uh, I broke them down to practical um, and then relational. And obviously, it, relational is going to be more heavily stacked um, because it's about a relationship. But I do want to go over the two practicals. I know Gina and Mare, you were the biggest contributors to those lists, and I just picked out two. Do you want to point out yours? Well, I actually was brought up point number one, where the individual could potentially be chronically unemployed, or depending on the age, just dependent on their parents for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's, yeah, let's assume that whoever your significant other is, who uh, is like of age, is an adult, is a grown yes. man or grown woman. I saw, I saw this list. I was like, that's so Gina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the most pragmatic about it. And it's yeah. funny because I never was in the situation where I actually had to deal with that in my significant other. I've mm-hmm. been in a monogamous relationship since I was 13. We just celebrated our 20-year dating anniversary. Oh, thank you. Right. 
Rub it in. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But to me, you were asking what are red flags and this is a huge red flag for me. Like, why would you want to be with someone who cannot keep a job that should say something? Right. Well, this piggybacked off of, I I combined a few because I wanted Mm -hmm. to have more points (laughs) and I thought it was appropriate because Mayor, you brought up something that was not on my original list, but it's definitely something you and I have talked about, but the whole thing about like the no ambition or drive. Yeah. It's just this idea of like being content with Mm -hmm. nothing really to show for that contentment. And it's not that you have to be driven about, you know, getting a job or about getting a fancy car or buying a house. You could be driven about building a family. You could be driven about building a specific profession. Like all of you guys have been driven in your own ways. This idea that you could just sit stagnant and it'd be okay. I think that that's just hard, especially when you are the kind of person who is driven about one or more things in your life. And I, I you know, reflecting on previous relationships, it just feels like I didn't grow during that time mm. versus being with a partner who is ambitious, who does strive not just in his professional life, but his personal life, but just it lifts me up too. And we lift up each other. And I just feel like I have grown so much more in a shorter period of time because of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you. That definitely makes sense to me. You don't want to be with somebody really who, who's not inspiring you to become whatever it is that your, your potential. Inspiring to be. Yeah. Yeah. Going to number two, Mayor, this is something you brought up, and I think all of us would agree with it. Do you want to talk about it? I mean, I guess I feel like in some ways this is loaded because, you know, like gifts is not even one of my top three love languages. Mm -hmm. So I just naturally don't even feel an affinity to this idea of give me a gift. No, I don't want a gift. I want a date. (laughs) Like, I just want that. I want to have quality time, but it says I just feel like somebody who invests more time in inanimate objects or... Balance having a toy car, the big, big person car, but a toy big person car with also spending time with your family or your significant other or relationships. I just feel like people are like in front of a TV all the time or whatever their specific angsts are. It can take over a relationship. Referring to the red flag of money and belongings being more important than people in relationships or it's just high, uh, uh, as high of a priority, meaning they're putting those things on the same level, whereas a healthy person should be putting relationships, at least in our opinion, ahead of all of those other things. You can see the unhealthy version of this where they are too ambitious. They are like, I want success, I want money. But in our previous red flag, we were talking about somebody that just is lazy and has no drive. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the extremes, the extremes. There, yeah, there's definitely a balance. But Mel, you wanted to say something? And that's actually what I was going to say is, yeah, what you were just saying of people, those people can spend so much time being overly driven. And then you're questioning where the drive is coming from if they're mm-hmm. spending all that money or time on mm-hmm. their belongings or things they want to buy or, you know, very superficial mm-hmm. things instead of spending quality time or taking you on a nice date or mm-hmm. whatever, which is on the list, I think. Yeah, just kind of where does that that priority kind of stop or what 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 um is fueling the that drive because then it can be too much to wear what we're yeah uh, it's kind of wanting to be deeper issues yeah which is a great segue because i i wanted to to touch on with each of these i said in the beginning you know red flags are really a sign of there's something deeper like all of these can 
come from like a superficial place, you know, like, oh, I like making a lot of money or I'm just being lazy and I don't really want to move out of mom and dad's, you know, there are underlining issues with those things. And I think particularly for these two things, being chronically unemployed or without ambition, and then the money and belongings being really paramount in, in my priorities, I think those both are the same two sides of the same coin of my self-worth or not really acknowledging that I am a unique person. I bring gifts to this world. I was created in God's vision, all of these things. And I have beautiful gifts that I have to offer and I can either abuse that or neglect it. So I think as, as red flags go, I think somebody that is unaware of their worth, again, both extremes, because you could be making up for something when you're trying to chase money all the time, or you could just be in, in this I don't want to do anything because I'm no good. It's a very, yeah. it's just the finding extremes. the balance. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about extremists. <laughs> don't date those. Oh man. That's important. <laughs> to the relational red flags. And again, I'm, I know collectively we're not experts in the sense of like getting PhDs in this stuff, but you know, we're real people. We've had real relationships in the world and we've seen our friends in real relationships where these have come up. I wanted to point out, this is the number one thing that, that I wanted to point out from somebody that I had dated, but just somebody that is dispositionally discontent. And I feel nice like- Nice alliteration. Helps. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that there, this is a huge correlation to other things such as being unkind to servers or customer service representatives or having a hard time saying thank you or having a hard time saying I'm sorry sorry very easily. I think somebody that is just discontent overall, this particular ex that I'm, I once asked him, have you ever found a point in your life where you felt at peace or content? And he said, straight up said no. And I, I was not expecting that. So he was in a p certain position in his journey in his life and I just feel like he just had growth to, to happen. You know, he, he was just not there yet. This particular person that I'm talking about, I just, ha I just saw that in retrospect about his correlation between being grateful and being content. It took a lot for him to say thank you or I'm sorry. He becomes impatient with customer service reps or servers when he wasn't getting his way right away. And then on the flip side, for him to not have found peace or gratitude in his life, just feel like mm -hmm. those are so interconnected yeah yes. yeah they are and you know I had an ex similar to that and he was actually chronically depressed mm. and so obviously that was a big thing with that and mm. and you know whenever you're with someone who has major depression like that and just cannot find gratitude or contentment in anything it really mm -hmm. starts to bring you down and it really yeah. starts to make you feel just so drained and like you're getting the life sucked out of you because you kind of start to come down to their level because I used to think, oh, well, I can be this happy pick-me-up and I can bring the joy to his life and I can make it all better. And, and actually the opposite ended up happening and I would go down to his level and start sleeping in more. I wouldn't be able to find that contentment in my life as easily. And then I'd start getting my perspective shifted. And so there's a tendency that whenever you're with someone who just kind of, it kind of brings you down, you know? Yeah, it's hard when you have the kind of personality that's, like, I don't want to say savior syndrome, but I mean, to some extent, like, when you're, like, a happy-going person, you want to make other people around you happy, like, you just, 
you absorb a little bit of almost ownership of that. <laughs> I'm taking a little bit more pressure on myself to make sure that you're happy and that you're, you're, you're doing well. And so you end up absorbing way more than you need to around somebody who's super negative and you end yep. up taking personally and internalizing what you don't need to, but it just, yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, especially if, if you're a certain types of personalities, like I feel like I'm super prone to that. Whoever you're with, whether it's your friends or it's a romantic partner, you know, one of you, if your personalities are really, really extreme, like you're the happy-go-lucky and the other person is really depressed, somebody's going to pull somebody. In our uh, Bad Boy and Rom-Com episode, we talked about this briefly. Women, for some reason, mostly are the ones that want to fix the bad boy or the broken boy or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. not to say that it doesn't happen for men with women as well, but it just seems just in my experience of being a woman and having like girlfriends, it, we as a gender, for some reason, have that like nurturing yeah. nature that, yes. that yes. gets overextended into something that we think we have to save somebody. And of course, that's not our job. Mm -hmm. Somebody needs to want to be healthy and strive for that health. Yeah. on their own and you could be there for them but as a romantic partner even as a friend there has to be some line to be drawn if that other person keeps dragging you down you know like you can only help somebody in so much as they are willing to help themselves and that's a tough thing because it might be way into it before that moment happens mm -hmm. and it's yeah. real. you get really tested and that's where i would say you know we need to rely on our community our friends to really tell you what they're seeing and for both sides to be very sensitive because it's easy to be defensive about, Oh, you guys just don't know him the way I do. But at the same time, are you changing for this person? Like your, your friends, the closest people are around you are going to see that. And you're not going to see that because it's, you're living it. It's you, but people can just go into hermit mode and not see their friends because they're spending so much energy and time in this relationship. And that, that is another red flag. It's not on this list, but I think that, has to do with it where if you're not seeing each other your friends or your significant other's friends and you guys are not hanging out with each other's community I feel like that is also a red flag because you have to be holistic you can't just be codependent on one another mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> well I think there is something nice about where whatever your tendencies are if they're balanced and they're supportive like I do feel like sometimes we get into hermit mode but that's exactly what I want and exactly what he wants but I know if I wanted to go somewhere else and do other things like he would be right there with me or not if I if, I, if he didn't want to go out like it's just easy that way but the fact that it's like give and take like that kind of, that that helps but if especially if someone's like oh no I don't want to go hang out with that group or really like holds you back that's a red flag like when they hold you back from the things you do care about whatever that might yeah be. I think what you just described, Mare, is totally okay when you guys are both in need of a hermit status. Mm -hmm. Like, that's just being intentional, slowing down your life. That's totally okay yeah. because mm -hmm. there's a lot of chaos. And I think mm -hmm. everyone needs to be very intentional about slowing it down pretty regularly. Yeah. And that's not what I was talking about either. You know, like, it, I think you guys know, I, I was talking more of I'm so into this person that I have yes. like forsaken everyone else in my life and right. almost like, like you just disappear yeah yes. you disappear and it's unhealthy it's you know unhealthy. we've all been in love and we've all had our moments with our significant others i i've seen you guys in the last few months it's not like you guys are hermited you know yeah. and it's been years since i've heard from you and i don't think that's ever happened actually 
mm-hmm. with any of you. Well, Gina, you've been married for like a hundred years, so you don't count. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to um, listen to your friends and again, just be, be sensitive though on both sides, the friends and then the person who's dealing with that relationship. There's a lot that needs to be communicated and you guys love each other and that should be a given. Um, let's see. Let's go over something Mel wrote down. <laughs> Actually, you did, you did write down, uh, doesn't bring you around to his friends or family. But I, I like this one that you wrote, never plans or initiates actual dates, avoids commitment. And then I tacked on Gina's cheater, because I felt like that was all just kind of the same category. Again, just being super casual or like super into a lot of people, you know? So like, again, same mm-hmm. coin, different sides. You want to talk a little bit about this, ladies? Mm. Yeah, I think back to some exes that just, you know, we love the word intentional. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm choking on my chocolate. <laughs> um, Give it here. I'll choke on it. <laughs> but, you know, they just were not intentional. It was very much, you know, what's the thing people say, Netflix and chill kind of relationship. Why are we not going out? Why are you not treating me like... I'm your actual girlfriend, which, you know, it is, this is in the, the, under the same bullet point, but he actually did end up being a cheater. So I guess that's mm. why, because he can't take all of his girlfriends out on dates, because then eventually people oh, will see that he has different girlfriends. Yeah. Wow. You know, you just get this gut intuitive feeling like you're not taking me on dates because I'm not that important to you. Yeah. Like you just know, and like, you know, the book, he's not that into you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, there's a movie on it. I mean, that is such a blatantly honest mm-hmm. book. And I read that after this breakup, actually. And it was just yeah. a big wake up call. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's like a really harsh truth of, you know, whenever there's not any dates initiated or conversations initiated about where you guys are going or just all of that. It's just, you start to pick up on it. Yeah. And I I think even on that side, I never thought about the whole, he's not taking me out because he might be seen with me and there's other girls that something to be on the lookout for, I guess. (laughs) But also on the flip side, when you said Netflix and chill, if you get lazy, like if he's lazy Mm. about your relationship and is not pursuing you even in the relationship, and that goes both ways. Like obviously you also as a partner, you both have to be pursuing each other and like keeping mm-hmm. it keeping it fresh. And certainly there are seasons and Gina, you know, you've been married forever. But oh, yeah. it's like I see you guys together and it's like you guys still are so okay. sweet to each other. I and still try all the time. It's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So you do try, but that's because we know that it's not gonna happen if we don't. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That I is, want it that to is be literally forever, the, and you got to yeah. try on forever. And <laughs> I love when it. I say try, I really mean Pretty daily. Effort. Yeah. Like daily effort, <laughs> you know? And the date nights are great, but date nights happen once a week if you're lucky, especially when kids come into the picture. So sometimes it needs to be a longer than a peck kiss goodbye. Sometimes it needs to be a sweet uncalled for text or sometimes now that Madeline is in kindergarten 
I swing by his office right after I pick her up so we could have like a hug as we drive home. It's intentional. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Not being too comfortable and just being like, oh, I know my wife or my husband, he's going to be there. So why do I need to make the effort? That is not the point. You know, you're in a relationship. You love each other and you have to keep keep wooing each other and I think yeah that people forget that even in like long-term relationships obviously you are the one that's married you know but the three of us we get that we get that you know you have to keep it going you have to find nuanced ways to tell each other that you love the other person and once that dies that's going to be a problem it's not that you can't work through it totally that reminds me I talked to some old man or woman I don't know it was one of those <laughs> but they someone with a little they experience. were human yeah. yes and say someone asked they had been married they were in their 90s or something and they had been married for x amount of years and someone asked like how like we just got married and what is some advice to give us as newlyweds mm. you know how have you guys been together for so long the man or woman whoever said you know we just we both tried to out love each other Oh, get out of here. That's so, so sweet. You know, it's just that oh, concept of like always, sweet. always having action. Like love is a verb, right? DC, talk anybody? <laughs> I did not grow up in that era, but um, I will nod. I will nod. We're going to be anyway. compete about something good. <laughs> no, that's really good. I, I think that's very sweet. I do too. Very yeah. Sweet. So you're talking about actions, you're talking about, we're talking about like, what can you do in a relationship? And I want to point out another one that you uh, wrote down, Mel, controlling and manipulative behavior, mind games. And then I tacked on what Gina wrote as abusive. I felt like that was all kind of in the same vein. If you're talking about love as a verb, so is (laughs) anti-love. All of that, like controlling being manipulative, that, that is all emotionally abusive and, and certainly physical abuse, of course, should not be tolerated. But let's talk more about like the, the mind games. Do you want to kind of mm. expand on that a little bit? Yeah, and feel free to chime in anyone else, but I know I've sure. personally experienced this very heavily with one of my past relationships. And I had all sorts of psychological abuse and mind games, very controlling and manipulative. And it's, it's funny, I actually haven't thought about it in a while. And I was even thinking of like, oh, what are some specific examples? But because it just, I've kind of just don't think about it anymore. But it, it's definitely the mind game thing. It, it, it's always turning the story around and making you feel like you're crazy. And sometimes you're in an argument and then you just stop and you go, wait, why are we even arguing about? Like, it's just, you feel crazy. And it, it just, manipulative as in being very passive aggressive with things that he'll say and you not really knowing his true intentions or making you feel like everything's your fault and just really kind of getting up in your psyche and your head and making you feel like you have to change your entire self to fit whatever he has going on and what he has going on could be up and down up and down like you never know what it's going to be and then yeah. as soon as you get it wrong he snaps and then Whatever abuse happens will happen, and it's just an around and around thing. It's just maddening, <laughs> so maddening. Yeah, and I want to be sensitive to anybody that's listening, and certainly to any of us here that has gone through this. 
but how do you get out of something like that? You know, when you talk about like being manipulative or controlling or having mind games, that already is like this mind prison. And how do you get out? And again, I like Mm -hmm. go back to if your friends are there really, if you're really involving your friends, like the people that love you and are closest to you, hopefully they can bring stuff up. Hey, you know, we noticed X, Y, and Z. How do you feel, you know? And and another red flag that I had on this list initially, but I'll say it now, is like when you hide things from your friends, you know? Well, like, yeah. Think, Going yeah, off that of that, really like, well, you know from firsthand experience, <laughs> this relationship I'm talking about, I hid from you and Emily certain things that happened a few times, you know, and we had this big breakthrough. And so that just piggybacks on top of that. It's like usually if you if you feel like you have to hide something from your friends, that's a big red flag because you know deep down in your in your depths that what's going on should not be going on, but you don't want to give it up. I, I have been on that side as well, and when I've been called out on th- on things or when it's coming finally come to the light, I, I'm glad that I have all of you that are gracious and loving and made me feel like I can talk to you all. But for our audience, uh, if you are hiding things about your partner from your closest friends, you got to ask yourself why. Why is that? Especially That's dangerous things. It's a huge things. red flag. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. huge red flag. And if, I mean, controlling, being manipulative, that's all like mental abuse. But if you're being actually physically abused, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. please, please reach out to someone. Tell yeah. someone to help you. Ask for it. Please, mm-hmm. you should not be in that relationship. You need to get out of it yesterday yes yeah yeah okay that was a, that was a little bit more of a heavy one um yes gina you wrote i'd be concerned if my bride's groom was uninterested or not supportive of the processors reluctant i assume in the planning in you know the participation of all the yes. wedding stuff yes. you know i i've been very fortunate that derek is so much more maybe even more than me at times so into the wedding planning yes. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm very, very happy and about that. <laughs> However, this is, this is something that when I was reading your list, G, I was just like, oh yeah, that is actually a good one because if he's indifferent, I feel like in a lot of ways that is the opposite of love. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people will not notice little things like this and I'm, I don't know why, because it's these little things that chip away at you day mm-hmm. after day, week after week, year after year. And hopefully, you know, if this is going to be, I do forever, it is going to be year after year after year. Yeah. And this indifference is going to get noticed eventually, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I'm someone who doesn't have the word divorce in their vocabulary. That just doesn't happen. Like I'm going to try every single day to make it work forever. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't want this to happen in my relationship. And I hope that everyone else is observant enough to realize that it's going on in theirs. It extends past just the wedding. Like if they're, if they're being yes. indifferent to the process of you getting married. Yes. And that will There'll be indifference to, a, to your life. Yeah. That, that yeah. speaks to a bigger issue of like, well, what happens when we have to talk about finances and we have to talk about mm-hmm. children and we have to talk about all of these things. Mm-hmm. If they can't be faithful in the little things, not that a wedding is a little thing, but you know, if they can't be faithful in one, how will that translate to the rest of your married your life? together. Yes.
guy that doesn't open the door for you or offer to carry things for you or, you know, or do those chivalrous things. You know, we make, yeah. we make fun of things like that maybe because, you know, if people are overly chivalrous. It might be cheesy. Well, I don't know who would say that. I think it's very sweet. I think it's very, you know, loving. I do like to be doted on. Um, that's not to say mm-hmm. that I don't, I don't want to be like the woman warrior beside my man, mm-hmm. but you know, like I like to be, you know, treated well and to, and it's more about like the respect, like I respect, and these are small things. What is the bigger issue underneath? And if somebody is going to be thoughtful in that way, in the small things like opening your door, offering to carry things, then I think that speaks to his character. But just somebody being being kind, I think, in the end, that's like the underlining character. Well, yeah, kind and aware and thought, like, just it, it shows that he sees you, like, oh, you're carrying a bunch of bags, let me help you, or, yeah. like, or whatever. It's just, like, the thought of, like, you are here in front of me, I'm going to open your door, I'm going to carry your bag, I'm going to do... I'm going to make your life easier. Like, I don't know. It's just thoughtful and aware. I like to think yeah. of it as like the man's way of um, nurturing. Like there's yeah. a really graceful way that like we, we do it. And that's, they're nurturing you in that moment. It's a, it's, it's a small thing, but they know that it can be more than that. And yeah, um, to, to I love that, naturally man. as opposed to thinking about it, like it doesn't have to be chivalrous in that it is an act. Like it can just yeah. afterthought. And that is, even more beautiful. Yeah, it's just part of his nature to, or her nature, <laughs> you know, it's just part of one's nature to be kind, to be, I love what you said, Mel, when you said he sees you, you know, he sees mm-hmm. you, like, and wants to care for you and wants to serve you, and, you know, yes. those are, those may or may not be silly things, or maybe they're just traditionally chivalrous or whatever, but again, I think it speaks to a, a, a characteristic that I think is desired. Desired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this was on my list and Mel's list. I can't, I can't remember if it was on your guys' list also, but the whole thing about being hot-tempered or easily angered and defensive when confronted. Mm. Actually, Mary, I think you also said this too. I should have color-coded with the things that overlap. But uh, I also added jealous on this, mm. on this line, line item. You know, I don't want to really call anyone out, but, you know, there are certain people in my life that are just, just that personality where they jump to anger, they're really testy. Like they're just, they're just hot tempered. And then, you know, it maybe it takes a moment and then they calm down, but you I feel me? like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, actually, no, not none, no one here and no one that, anybody, um, it's like someone I'm re- related to, but, oh, okay. but, but the thing is one that could leave scars, Again, this is not a every little thing I'm just going to nitpick at. This is something that's more than just, oh, I haven't eaten and I'm just getting, you know, angry. It's something that's fundamentally in your soul, in your bones that jumps to anger and mm. jumps to being victimized and you are wrong and I'm right and I can't see why you can't see that I'm right and I'm mm-hmm. going to be angry. I'm going to do this too. <laughs> Women, no, absolutely. I'm saying for, if your partner is this person, (laughs) yes, love them. We all have things that we need to work on. But that is a red flag, not in the sense of red flag, stop and break up with this person, but it's a red flag in the sense of to deal with this person's hot temperedness. When you have children with this person, 
you want to put them through that with your children together unless they're going to work on it somehow. I mean, this is very personal to me, but, but yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, I heard once that uh, when somebody jumps to anger, their initial emotion is sadness, but sadness is the weaker emotion. So they jumped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah, because they want, they don't want to show that they're weak. And so it's not that they're horrible people. I think that they just, like all of us, need to work on things and like need to work on their interpersonal skills or, or needs to talk to somebody of why they have anger issues. And you know, I think it, it might be a good place to start that conversation. If that person is unwilling to change I would find that burdensome because I don't want to always have to be diminutive because I know that you're just going to blow up and I just have to stay away from you for a while. Like I, I can't, I couldn't do that. But if you're willing to work together, you know, that's another thing. Like, again, if you're willing to grow, if you're willing to change, if you're not change, but you're willing to work on things like that. I just, I love me some confidence, but a smidgen over the edge, I can't even exactly say what it looks or smells like, but it's totally unsexy. Um, Like all of a sudden they're looking down and there's something about that, like this looking down on other people that just bothers me. A a person should feel like they're part of a community. And how do you feel that way when you you just think that everybody is like less than you? Beneath you. There's a, yeah, that bothers me. Like, that your car yeah. should be nicer or that any of those things should matter at the long run in the long run in terms of our value there's no there's no difference but for somebody to believe that there is i, I don't know it just strikes me as ignorant naive um ludicrous who knows <laughs> yeah because there's a way to be pedantic that's non-judgmental like you you can be corrective whether it's a behavior or grammar or <laughs> there's a way to be in a teaching spirit, somebody that you're trying to like, point to a better way, but in love and in grace. But then there's the, oh, I, I don't want to explain this to you right now. Or you're just stupid. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a posture of arrogance that is completely and 100% not sexy, as you yeah, said. It just speaks to this just unwillingness to put yourself in another person's shoes. And that at the end of the day is like core value me like everything stems from that if, if you can't be empathetic to another person empathetic that's um, a good mm-hmm. yeah every decision you make from then on is always going to be possibly wrong <laughs> like, yes yeah it's going to be well and for anyone else. also that speaks <laughs> insecure like i feel like that's yes. more insecure because then they're not able to humble themselves and go oh you know what i could be wrong about this or Oh, I never thought about it this way. Or yeah. oh, that's overcompensation. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's almost like in order to feel like they're safe and okay, like they just have to know that they're always right. And then in turn, like it just yeah, it just seems so ignorant and not sexy when you can't just be humble and be like, oh, I've never thought about it like that. Or you know, like, it's just so open. Yeah, yeah. And and even if you can, you could be the smartest person in the room, but Superman was the <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go there like Superman <laughs> you know, he's the most powerful being in on earth and then he fumbles around like Kent because that that's the thing that made me love Superman like it made me love Clark Kent because he had this unfettered power that he could use and put over uh the human beings of the world and yet he chose to serve and he chose to be diminutive not because 
anyone was making him do that, it was it was his choice. He's the mm-hmm. price figure of comic books, and you know that's probably why I love him so much. Superman, mm-hmm. all the way. Woohoo! <laughs> Girl, yeah, I think that idea of wanting to be part of something bigger than you is so important, and it doesn't matter if it's it doesn't matter what your role is to have to do that, but to have that in your heart and be part of the lens in which you look at every day is just so important. It just touches how you treat every human being. Like even the part about how you treat, you know, servants or customer service reps or whatever, people just like walking Mm -hmm. down the street who only look at their phones, who never look up to make sure that they don't bump into someone. That pisses Mm -hmm. me off. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, be aware of your aware. You're not alone here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I, I am guilty of that. <laughs> Be aware. Recorded text, I'm sure. But still, people do that chronically and it's annoying yeah. as hell. Yeah. <laughs> you're like you're at a dinner with somebody or you're on a date with somebody and you're, you can't get off your phone. Or yeah. um, I dated this guy that when we were together, because I'm a quality time girl, right? Like, But like this guy, we would be hanging out together but then he would just be playing his little phone video game and it was just like are you here with me right now or mm. um anyway we are down to the last one on the list which i'm really impressed by us he always has to be right or is always mm. argumentative and this is this is something that mel you also wrote down about of having unhealthy or disrespectful arguments and that has to do mm. with like lack of communication and emotional openness. And so it, it's this big thing of you don't communicate well, either you're not open or you're not hearing the other person about what they're telling you about their emotions or how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. So do any of you want to like comment on that? I mean, there's, that's a big, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not true. And I feel like the being right kind of stems from what we were just talking about. Yeah. It's just this complex of you're safe there. If you're always right, then that's the end of the, that's the end of it. Yes, I put please. that as a red flag because I've actually really had some really unhealthy relationships where the arguing has just been very circular and very, like I was saying earlier, very maddening. And sometimes you don't even know what you're arguing about and it's very confusing and Mm -hmm. they're not really being honest with themselves. So then it's like, how do we even come to an honest place of just talking out this stuff? And it gets very defensive and heated and heated. And so I just think it's really important to be with someone that you can have healthy arguments with to where it can be I disagree and you disagree let's come to some kind of middle ground and let's just have a discussion about this it's not about who's right who's wrong it's just it's not about this blame thing happening it's just how did we get to this argument what do you think what do I think you know it's I think that it is healthy to have discussions and arguments and disagreements because if that didn't happen like one of you is not really being completely honest, I feel like, mm-hmm. or it'll eventually come up. So yeah, it's just really important to be with someone that you're, you know, you're going to have disagreements. We're all different human beings. We all have different opinions about certain things. So, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you want to be with someone that you can have open communication with, where you can know how to use your words, know how to be emotionally intelligent and not just shut down you know, or walk away or yell. So I think that's a really, really important quality to have. Yeah. To feel safe with that person 
and your opinions. Yeah. yeah. And your opinions. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. Um, that, that's a great segue to some, some closing questions that I just wanted to talk about before we ended. One of them was your partner, including, and, and, as well as yourself, uh, is not going to be perfect. Of course, that's a given, but how do you work through conflicts and know the difference between a red flag or just a character trait that needs growth? What would you advise somebody? And he's this, this, and this, you know, I don't know if I want to continue because it's annoying or whatever, you know, it doesn't have to be as trite as that. Sometimes I think we do get, we get mixed up with truly, this is a fundamental thing, red flag that you need to like really talk about with your partner discuss or even work out within yourself if it's important enough is it a deal breaker or is it just something like oh it's a character issue and you you can learn to love love that person holistically even with those things yeah it's funny because that last one that mel shared i have that was the one of all the questions i reacted to the most because i feel like prior to this relationship that would have been my red flag Mm. but with, it took this re- relationship to show me that that was actually an area of personal growth I needed, mm. that, like to survive almost. Yeah. <laughs> so just because I wasn't used to being argumentative, like I needed someone who was that, but I needed to trust that where they were aiming was like the right place. Like when it actually took time to to reflect over the first few conver- the first few arguments that I had like a really hard time getting through, all that was at the, underneath it him trying to get me to like fight for myself but I needed to trust that that's where it was coming from that it wasn't like oh we're about to break up like that it when when especially if like you come from a passive place or you're just not normal you 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 like to push away from arguments it could be very Mm -hmm. you to want to go that deep with somebody because you almost feel like you're pushing the envelope but if it's real and if you trust them push that envelope because other Mm -hmm. things trust you whether you're ready or not yeah Mm -hmm. Trust is a huge thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and especially with people who grow up like not really wanting conflict or if you've grown up in a family that, you know, had a lot of anger. And so in turn, you kind of live your life where you avoid conflict or whatever. You know, there could be lots of things that affect how you view arguing or discussing things or whatever. And I know I've dealt with that, too, of anytime anything got brought up, I just didn't want to deal with it. Cause I was like, no, like no conflict, you know, mm-hmm. avoiding conflict. And yeah. you know, I've definitely learned that it's super healthy to talk out stuff. And when it feels messy, it's good. Cause you're getting stuff out and figured out. Yeah. And you know, Mel, you and I can talk about this even friendship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, you know, we, we've all have gone to that mess of place with our, our closest friends and just, it is so important to trust that the other person has something to say that other person loves you. These are some hard things that we are in conflict right now in our relationship, but because I love you and I want to fight for this relationship, we have to talk about it and we have to get through it and we have to be understanding on both sides and trust is the biggest thing because Mm. otherwise you're never going to believe that the other person has your best interest at heart. Uh, Well, isn't that like the number one thing we should talk about is like, if you, 
can't trust the person. Yeah, everything that is wrong with the relationship, you're going to be like, oh, well, you know, you just don't really love me. Oh, yeah, but then, you know, like, I feel like that's the number one thing. But then that, that is the number one thing. Because you need to yep. actually communicate so that you're setting the right expectations so that you can actually trust what's coming out of. Well, in so many of the things we've talked about, it's like, it's okay if you're not going to introduce yourself to each other's parents. If that is the expectation because you have communicated and are in agreement mm. at the same place. But it's the when you're not communicating and you're not on the same page, like then you end up hurting each other because your expectations are nowhere <laughs> are nowhere near. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that is a whole other episode about expectations and, <laughs> and communicating well and when to communicate nice. and how to how to uh, go into healthy conflict and talk about things. I think I can <laughs> contribute on that a little more than this topic. <laughs> um, it's fantastic. So to, to kind of close it off then, um, how do you deal with red flags that are truly red flags and when is time to let go? Or, you know, I, I get that that's case by case basis. Yes. Everyone is different. So maybe there is no real answer to this, but I feel like thematically, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that I can't believe that came at the very end, but yeah, trust is the biggest thing. Like if you ultimately cannot trust your partner in the small things and the big things, then there's no way your relationship is going to last. Yeah. So um, I would say at that point, it is time to let go. Because if, if you've been together for a year and you still haven't learned to trust each other. It's hard to come back from. It's just it so is really hard. hard. Well, can I also add one more thing? I mean, please, you want to be able to trust everything that your significant other is telling you. But you also want to be able to tell them everything you want to say, too. Yeah. Like to have. Yeah. And that. that's trust, too. Yes, I guess. Yeah. Wait, what? To be able to tell your partner the things that are on your heart, like to have a safe haven in them to say, like, these are hard things that we're, that I want to bring up, but I want to tell you, but I trust you that you're going to hear me. Yes. So, yeah. That's what a partner Good. is, not just financial, not just in your bed, but like of your soul and of your heart. Like it should be someone who knows you as well as yourself. Like, I tell my girls mm -hmm. a lot, but my husband knows everything. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. everything. And yeah. that's yeah. the goal. Yeah. You know, that's Friends. what I feel you should be looking for in your relationship. Like, you should want to tell that person everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for them to, to, and to know that they're going to still love you and choose to yes. love you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Each yeah. other's solace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, oh gosh, what, it was very recently somebody brought this up about loving each other. I think it was the, actually the interview that Mary Ashley and I did yesterday. You are a person holistically. Yeah. So it's love. It's not saying I love you in, in spite of these flaws. I love you because, not, not because of these flaws, but because of just who you are as a whole, you know, knowing that we are both imperfect, but I love you as a whole person mm -hmm. in with yeah. the broken, with the, with the everything. The good, the bad, the yeah. All of it. And again, mm -hmm. there's always room for growth because we are all still striving to be better, hopefully. And that's a red flag if they're not, 
but yeah, yeah. the kind of the, the our flaws sometimes are um, they go with the same part of us that is good. If the, I don't, I'm not saying it right, but you know how like sometimes someone's like overly giving or trusting it's a blessing and a curse. Sometimes mm-hmm. it, it works out for the good and sometimes it works against them. And I'm just using random examples like that, but it's the same kind of thing of loving the person holistically. You're loving them. It's not in spite of their flaws, but knowing that their flaws, inevitably does make them who they are in some mm-hmm. way like you know what I'm saying yeah. like there yeah, are good absolutely. aspects to their flaws you know I'm not making excuses for them but yeah all of our, our all of our experiences make us who we are in the end yeah yeah would I be the person that I am now ready to marry this wonderful man I that's a scary thought to me I mean I guess in the end no you wouldn't be this person I wouldn't be the person that grew up in that time and went through the fire I wouldn't be here and that's scary Mm because so much of my energy was in that place of regretting x y and z choices or pain and all that you're right like Mel and Mare and Gina like all of you saying like our experiences make us who we are and we have to be grateful for that All right, to close, actually, I kind of wanted to do something fun. I, Derek was here right before I'm talking to you guys. And he's like, you should go to the Bible and see, like, all the things that, like, the Bible has these lists of things that are not good, are not godly. And compare that to your red flags list and see how close they come. But I just thought it was funny. Proverbs. The list on Galatians? Yeah, there's two, though. Uh, he brought up Galatians first, but I'm going to read the one in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Okay. Uh, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, so pride. A lying tongue, so liars. Hands that shed innocent blood. Abusive, yeah. Heart that devises wicked plans. Okay. Feet that make haste to oh, run that evil. The, the mind control, the mind games. Mind games, <laughs> and a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. So I would say, you know, argumentative, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah angry, yeah. So I think we hit know, it. We, we we hit it pretty well. Um, <laughs> and then there was uh, Galatians, and this is right before it goes into the fruit of the spirit. But uh, Galatians five nineteen. 19 through 21 also lists the very end of that is orgies i actually read that one and i was just like dang it straight says orgies in the bible (laughs) (laughs) so don't date anybody that likes to go to orgies yeah just don't do it (laughs) it's not a good idea All right, so I'm going to go ahead and close this up. Thank you so much, Mayor, Gina, and Mel. I love you. Thank you so much for just speaking into this. And there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of things people can list off as, as red flags. But in the end, again, it has to do with trust. It has to do also, I think, community. Community is always a big thing with me. If, like, the people around you can't support or see that, this is a good relationship for you. I would say pay attention to that and ask why people can be wrong. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, the people that love you are the people that love you. Um, they have your best interests at heart. Yeah. In the end, everyone will make their own choices and you got to love people anyway. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close it. Once again, I'm Laura. I'm here with my lovely bridesmaids, Melody, Gina, and Mare. Until next time, keep swimming. Keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming.
So that was a delightful discussion. Delightful, painful. All delightful, the painful. You covered a lot of things that, for me personally, are red flags. But you said that not all of your bridesmaids are believers, which is right. kind of relevant. Yeah, no, I wanted to emphasize that we have uh, we had two believers and two, I guess, questioning mm. seekers, which is fine. You know, I I think that everything is relevant to human relationship. Human life. Yeah, we all feel a lot of the same feels. Mm. But I, I just wanted to have another conversation with you, obviously, because I think for the believer specifically, that is a specific red flag mm. to find in a mate someone that matches your fundamental beliefs. Yeah. In a sense. A I mean, one. yeah, you, you don't want to go out with someone necessarily exactly like you and you think well, exactly the, the same. Yeah. And you want to be challenged, right? And the danger, but the danger is looking in our small little tiny circles and clocking someone and being like oh you know that person does this and this and that you know that person goes to daily mass that person goes to confession every week that person goes to adoration you know like all of the outward appearance type things then you get to know them and you realize oh no he's not actually a good person yeah (laughs) you know or like there are some fundamental things that we disagree about or th- differences that we have that would make it kind of impossible for us to actually have a relationship. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of the danger is when you look at outward religiosity yeah. as your measure yeah. instead of character. Sure. And even just even to that, nominally, I'm a Christian, quote unquote, or a Catholic. And just calling yourself one obviously does not make you that right. thing, right? Yeah. It's about your practices, about how you actually are manifesting that into your life and your everyday, like you were saying, just your character, you know, and that's very different than just calling yourself X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Re- I mean, related to that is, is the person really seeking and is the person really trying to live their lives and trying to change their behavior and trying to get better and trying to look at what they're doing wrong, or are they trying to totally recuse themselves from all responsibility and right. not not accept any responsibility for their actions and their behavior or things that they say and they do? Um, I think that's related to the outward religiosity component a little bit because some people are like, well, I do this and this and this, and I'm fine. But I think that's not as important as really where you are where your orientation is in terms of like what are you looking at and what are you pursuing Mm -hmm. right is life happening to me or am I actively trying to improve my life by right am I making my choices based on my relationship with God and what God is asking of me or am I just kind of living my life and my life is separate from my faith yeah although I check off all the outward appearances boxes yeah that that's definitely something to look out for because there's also the component of being the victim all the time mm-hmm. and and tangentially about uh i know recently i had just gotten into personality tests and mm. uh one of the things that is definitely a danger is saying oh i'm this type of enneagram oh yeah I'm this type and using of it as an excuse yeah. to <laughs> yes do whatever yeah <laughs> But in the same way, religiosity is a great way to think about it because, you know, we definitely run into Christians that say, I'm covered by grace so I can do whatever I want. And that's that's mm. separate than mm-hmm. really being 
moved and touched by... I mean, even Jesus said, not everyone who cries out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God. Which is probably the scariest person. It's the scariest person, yeah, in the entire Bible. <laughs> yeah, and like you said, it's about it's about touching base with other people in our community, in our lives, and really reflecting and being humble. And I think that was something else you said yeah. right before we hit record about taking responsibility slash being humble enough to know or to receive criticism. Mm-hmm. Ideally, and, and modify whatever love. you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it, but it's true for love and it's true for everything, but it's a major red flag if it's in love. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if, if you go to someone, like I just had two kind of opposite experiences, you know, where um, I got mixed signals from two different guys. One of them was like complete disaster. One of them was actually cool and like room for growth. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we can actually not only continue being friends, but our friendship can become deeper. And we both have things that we recognize like, okay, I shouldn't have done that. And guy number one. (laughs) 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 It's totally anonymous. Um, Purely an example of a hypothetical man, right? Yeah, just, yeah, (laughs) he's not even a real person. Let's just say. Let's just pretend that there was someone (laughs) that I felt led me on. And then when I confronted about it, got really, and granted, I confronted about it in the worst way, not a good way. But when I confronted about it, it, like, got really defensive and denied and, you know, everything. And so I think part of it is not taking responsibility for what you say and do. I think another part of that is like extreme self-centeredness, like to the point mm. of total obliviousness. Moving to narcissism. Mm, yeah. So that's the other big red flag in my life that is like an automatic no. And like I said, it doesn't matter how many times he goes to church or how many church events he goes to or whatever. Like if he is only all about himself and, and it's, it's really interesting with him though, because when I first met him, like basically everything that I enjoyed doing and I said I enjoyed doing it, he was like, oh, I'd like that. I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. So I was interpreting that as interest in me. Mm-hmm. But really, I think looking back, it was just him wanting to kind of insert himself in the conversation. Well, there was a guy I dated that kind of did this. I didn't I didn't recognize him as a narcissist. My one of my best friends had to point it out. <laughs> but you know, reflecting back, he, and then again, good guy, but I just don't know how self-aware he was about his narcissism, because that's the definition well, of a narcissist, yeah. right? <laughs> but he used to, he went through this church hopping phase. It was actually while we were dating, and he would come back and tell me about this church he visited and how he disagreed with what the pastor was saying, and then how he was looking to have coffee with him so that he could tell him about why he was wrong. And I don't Whoa. know why that didn't just kind of go Trigger off. In my, yeah, like, <laughs> of course, at the time, I was so in love. And just, oh, wow, you, like, you really just want to. You're standing up for the truth. Yeah, just, but no, who does that? Who goes and visits a church and doesn't even stay there and decide that, that you know you better, know better. Yeah. For, for that community? For I mean, I, I get there's a grander scheme of what truth is and the, the Bible as a whole is speaking there's there are some generalities there are some specificities but you know going into the community and just telling this leader of this community about the things that he's doing wrong and how I can tell you well how you could do it better I'm just like mm. yeah he was a narcissist and you've dealt with your recent <laughs> narcissist <laughs> and coincidentally or maybe not so coincidentally I think both of these guys are severely opportunistic as well 
Yeah, I think that falls under that, though. I yeah. D- it definitely puts it under, you know, if my ex was in a house, he'd be in Slytherin. Nah. <laughs> because ambition is not necessarily a bad thing, like yeah. what the girls were saying right. in the interview. It's drive is actually pretty sexy. Yeah, because in a guy without ambition, that's also a red flag. Right. And yeah. that was the one of the things that attracted me to this particular person. You know, he was driven but I felt more and more used mm-hmm. because he was so opportunistic. And I think I've gave it, given this example on our podcast at some point, but at some point he, was, he said about this group of friends that he used to go and hang out with that he just didn't want to continue hanging out with them because they weren't getting him anything. And I'm just like, how do you say that about your friends? Yeah. You know, and, and, and it, of course, <laughs> I then stayed with them for another few months. And, yeah. But looking back at that, I'm just like, no. That's one of the reasons why I've kind of, every so often I swear off dating someone in the industry because of that. Because that mm. there's always that weird, like, competition-ish kind of thing. And, like, mm. yeah, there was this one guy I was out with. And I was like, oh, yeah, later I'm having drinks with someone who's a producer. And he was like, can I send her my script? Yeah, you don't do that. And it's that. like, well, no. Yeah, it, it's it's so it's, a, it's like the boundaries, you know. But someone who's just like really self centered, and and I don't want to necessarily malign him. I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to get my revenge or anything like that, because you know everybody's human, and I think that especially men get in a certain stage of life where it's just like all that's important to them is their career, and they just really don't feel secure, and so that's what they really need to focus on. It just comes off extremely, it just puts a really bad taste in your mouth. It's all about them. In the sense where they want to, yes, be the man and and have all their ducks in a row. I kind of get that. Yeah. But when you have the collateral of your friendship Mm. or any sort of relationship. Yeah, when they're using you as leverage. Yeah, it, it's not it's not fun, and, you know, feelings get hurt. And, and then also a, a corollary to that is the men that I find myself respecting the most more and more, and something that's become a red flag, is someone who can't really support others or who, you know, mm. like when someone else has a success, they get jealous instead of their first reaction being like, oh, I'm really happy for you, and, you know, right. or, or either the first reaction is jealousy or how can you help me now that you have had some success? Yeah. And I, I get it, it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, 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 this is probably wrong, but I can't help but think that if I had better connections, we wouldn't have broken up. And I, mm. I know that that's a sad, cynical way to look at things, but that I understand may not be true. At the same time, that's how he made me feel. Yeah. And I don't think that they necessarily have to be mutually exclusive. exclusive. Yeah. I, can, I can accept that as a truth that he probably wasn't that bad of a guy. But it goes back to this narcissistic thing of this is how you have to be aware of how you are making others feel. Mm -hmm. So for your potential mate to have those characteristics, I I would stray far away or seek a lot of counseling from community members that are close to you and just kind of have their take on it. Because you can get caught up, you know, you can mm-hmm. get caught up in the ambition and their drive and, you know, that, because passion is so attractive. Yeah. It and really even the confidence, really the confidence that it And takes, the confidence. You know, it's that whole, like, Mad Men, John Hamm thing. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, we talked about cowardice mm, being yeah. mm-hmm. a huge red flag. 
Yeah. Funnily enough, that could exist in the same person as it has for both of us, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to that same thing of are you willing to look at what you could be doing better? And there's a certain mindset that some people are in where they just can't admit that they're doing anything wrong. Mm. And facing that. Yeah. And facing it. Yeah. And doing and trying to do something about, about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really hard. So we got a, a comment on our blog uh, on our episode of uh, Why Won't Guys Make a Move? Mm. And I think this guy, well, I assume it's a guy. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's wrong. <laughs> okay, this person, because I don't know if they're actually a man or a woman, but this person made a comment that first. their first comment was, it, this really needs to be said, that some women think that because they're not being asked out, that no guys are asking anyone out. But it's really just their own bias perception and I said you know that's a fair point but we're not really talking about that so much as why guys won't make a move after they've been leading someone on and like make a definite step forward I I've started calling it the line of plausible deniability (laughs) (laughs) it's great it's like crossing that line after which you know it if you say or do something it's like okay well you definitely said that either you don't remember saying it or you don't remember why you said it, but you can't deny that you said it and it affected me. Yeah. You know, because, you know, there are lots of lines. There, there are lots of, you know, like that someone could go back and say like, oh, well, that's, you know, how I treat all of my friends or that's what I say to my guy friends and you shouldn't expect anything different. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, even Catholic men will expect a woman to initiate and pursue a man because guys like confidence and I my response to that was any man who expects a woman mm-hmm. to initiate and pursue them as a coward yeah because that to me just sounds like all the expectation is just on the woman it's like well yeah have some well I think first of all yourself anyone who expects anyone to do anything right it's a lazy way from a bad yeah mindset. It's, it's a lazy way to just let life happen to you, like we were saying earlier yeah. about just being the victim all the time. Yeah, And on, yeah. The other, on the flip side, not just the victim, but like, oh, nothing is good is happening to me. But it like like Morgan in our Men Want Sex episode, he's, he's he says, like, what are you doing? And this could be for men or women, but what are you doing to put yourself out there to be pursued? It's not mm, just about, yeah. you know, us as women just standing on the sidelines trying to look pretty. Being but, beautiful flowers. Yeah, and same with men, going to the gym and having whatever they think is a man's body or whatever <laughs> they think is attractive it's like there's there's a whole everybody is holistic yeah and part of that should be confidence it should be the whole package if you're expecting life to happen to you that's an arrogant attitude for anyone to have and, and, and a cowardly one I think mm-hmm. because if you're not being proactive and looking at what you can do in your life then yeah there's some kind of fear that you're not facing I think and I think there's there's an extreme to that about also being a serial dater. So somebody mm-hmm. that actually goes out and dates lots and lots of people, which I think I, I've had people in my life that have done this well, you know, where they go on dates and they really try to get, a pers- get to know a person and, and go out with that person a few times before they decide that they're not going to take it any further. But the good example of this is that, and there's two men in my life that have done this that found their wives this way. It's like, I'm not going to cross those lines with every single person. You know, I'm not going to cross yeah. intimacy lines or physical lines. I'm really just trying to genuinely get to know these people. And it's not after one date. 
you know, and they're not hooking up. They're trying to find somebody to match their wit and intellect and beliefs and, you know, all of those things that are good. And then there's the horrible way of doing this, of course, is like the hookup thing. You know, we had our episode on hookup culture and that is just painful. It's not good for anybody. And you just leave a a wake of broken hearts and that could include your own in the end. Serial dating, again, it could be good or bad, but the person that I'm speaking about is the one that is a commitment phobe Mm. and thinks that they're proactive in pursuing life but really are not making any sort of commitment and so yeah yeah and not dealing with their issues yeah that is paired with being a narcissist and using people and Mm. hooking up and not being considerate about people's feelings but Mm. yeah I mean we can go at this all day all day we have that you have your champagne ready yeah, I've Maybe. got more mimosas. <laughs> but at some point, I think it's important to stop talking about the negative. Amen. And to focus on the and... positive. Yeah, let's do that. Let's look at the positivity in all of this. I know with the girls, we talked about the things to look out for, specifically as red flags. But to end on a good note, I think we should talk about the actual fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. So... We find the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, to 23. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. It's awesome. Yeah. And I think this is a great list to just measure even myself to. Totally. Am I, am I doing these things? I love it. God's word is so full of great truths. Mm-hmm. We're willing to listen. Yeah, and these it's it really is the perfect counterpart to kind of all of the red flags that you know all of the mm-hmm. red flags have their root in the opposite of those. Mm-hmm. It's true. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fishers of Men. This is episode twenty one on red flags. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at fishersofmenpodcast at gmail.com or on our website at fishersofmenpodcast.com. We are also on Facebook under Fishers of Men, on Twitter as at LA Gone Fishing, and at Instagram at Fishers of Men Podcast. There's an underscore between each word. Please rate and make comments on iTunes as it will help people discover us. Yes. Once again, I'm Laura Samara. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. Until next time, keep swimming. I like your Craig Mason. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>